you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Fingers on Buzzers. Hey. That's what it is. And it's a pact, it's a bonanza, it's a jamboree. We've got David Smith who has fulfilled my dream of being on Only Connect. You're the only one left now. I know, that's it. <laughs> Everyone else in the world has been on Only Connect, even Amanda the producer. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been on it. Uh, we've also got a, a listener quiz from Duncan Saunders. What a good name, Duncan Saunders, uh, which is about Harry Potter, which Marvelous. I'm very confident about. That's very exciting. So and inevitably, I shall get zero points. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we will also be interviewing. It's, I'm so excited about this. The host of Tipping Point. It can only be the one and the only, Mister. Ben Shepherd. We're going to talk about drop zone technique. I know, I know, I know the. Uh, oh, that's a good drop. drop. I love it when he says that. A ghost oh, that's drop. A good drop. Oh, I like a ghost <laughs> drop. Me now. When the silent, silent, but it's it's kind of like he's made up lots of terminology that could be used for poos. Yeah, I wonder if that's. <laughs> it's uh, a rider. <laughs> we shall find out whether he says when he goes to the lab. I'm just going to the drop zone, darling. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, maybe sometime. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so all of that, plus an insight into quizzing in the noughties coming up now on Fingers on Buzzers. Okay, so now we reach the uh, bit of our quizzing history, which is the noughties. Uh, so, to me, this is like, well, this is now, but obviously it's no, not. This it's is this is when I... From 19 years ago. This is when I got involved in, in TV quizzing. Yes. So, so. this is, I'm, I'm feeling on comfortable ground. Yeah, well, yeah, so you were... Well, I mean, the noughties was the decade in which all of the great quizzes that we know and love now were introduced. So, you've got your Eggheads and QI, 2003. Uh, Only Connect, 2008. Mm. And then the chase, and pointless, the other one, we don't <laughs> uh, 2009. So all of the great quizzes that we are now enjoying yeah. were pretty much set up in the noughties. Um, and it was an odd time for quizzing because you'd had that sort of the 90s, you'd had this, the millionaire scandal, you know, like the weakest link, that kind of cruel quizzing was kind yeah, of Yeah, the all or to, nothing kind of, slightly brutal. 
Yes, there and, was and high concept as well. Well, there was still a ha- bit of a hangover of high concept. In fact, I, I got sort of taken down a little game show diversion because I started watch. I was watching Golden Balls, which I always quite enjoyed. Of course. Because I love um, Jasper Carrot, uh, but absolutely baffling, <laughs> absolutely baffling the whole thing and quite horrible. I hadn't remembered how horrible Golden Balls was at the end because it's the prisoner's dilemma where you either split the money. If you say yeah. you're going to split the money and you both do, then you win it. If one of you says split and the other one says steal, then they steal well, it. Was it. The, it was the same concept as shafted, shaft, yeah. which I shaft. like to say, which, yes. which, which was another <laughs> noughties. One. Yes, yes. You know, Robert Kilroy Silk. Oh, Where is he now? Well, do you know, we must do a shafted special. Cause that... <laughs> Robert, if you are oh, listening. Please, can we do that? Please. Um, oh, but there was also, I'll tell you what else I watched, which I totally, every part of me about the time was The Colour of Money, the Chris Tarrant. Yes. Just goes to show, you see, they always thought, well, Chris Tarrant, it's a bit Chris Tarrant, it's a bit deal or no deal. So The Colour of Money was the most stressful show on television. Uh, when they had all these cash machines of different colours. Are, are you playing Tarrant in the uh, in the Yes, new I am drama? in the new drama. I am, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Sheen has been sacked. Cast me, yes. Uh, <laughs> that was good. The most stressful. No, I, I, I used, I used to it. play the... Um, well, during that era was the era of the quiz machine as well. Yes, it really and was. And they were all syndicated from the TV shows. Yeah, and I hated know. playing. The worst one was The Colour of Money oh, because yeah. you had to stop the 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 cash ticker yeah. from going up when you thought it was uh, the money had be, run out because when he went over yeah. you didn't get anything yeah, from yeah, it yeah. and I found that very I don't want stress in my in my no. quiz machine I want something relaxing I want Monopoly or something well it turns out people didn't want stress on the television either because uh, no. the colour of money what about the chair was that naughties do you know I don't know With let me have a look McEnroe because yes. that was stress based as well. Yes. That was, you know, they were actually stress, taking your uh, blood pressure tested, and your yeah, heart rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you weren't allowed Ooh. to go over a certain, you know, proportion of your resting heart rate or yes. you were out. Whereas the things that have succeeded from the noughties have been the more cozy, lovely, like pointless in the chase. Yeah, where QI. there's a bit of a loving. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nice and it's knowledge and knowledge is rewarded, yes. not lack of knowledge punished. That's it, and not uh, deviousness. There was yes. a sort of thing about being a bit mean and bitchy. So, uh, so the, the the general sort of trend in the noughties was towards the kinder, softer, but very knowledge based. Yeah, late, later later into the nineties, we got fed up of into the noughties. We got fed up of. Yes, and also the high concept thing kind of went out of favour a little bit. Um, but so the the quiz show of the noughties that I am going to revive in order to test you on okay. was incredibly high concept. I really wasn't familiar with this one. It was called Nineteen Keys, yes. and it was on Channel, Channel Five. Five. Yep. So yeah, it was on in two thousand and three. Yes, I was supposed to be on it. Were you? I was. I wasn't even not just on the shortlist. I was due to travel to oh be on the next gosh. step because it was one of those with rolling contestants. Yep. So if someone won, then there was a space on the next show. Yes. And then you so saw the day before they rang up and said, um, "We're not going to need you." Oh no! I could have won some money from Richard Bacon. Richard Bacon. <laughs> who, now it's an amazing thing. I'll just quickly talk you through it. There, for it's uh, four contestants are for some reason in a cube. Uh, of course just because I think the, the design they enjoyed that um, and there are 19 keys one of which will unlock a prize box 19 is such a containing number. an amount of money it, well it was it, what's brilliant about it is that it is a completely baffling thing <laughs> um, uh, poor little Richard Bacon who in the episode that I watched is wearing the worst outfit I've ever seen on television. <laughs> the worst suit and jacket combination. It's he needed tips from Elton Wellsby, did he? He really did. Yeah, he really, he was Hugo not wearing Boss. a lovely blues on Hugo <laughs> Boss jacket. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and he, Richard Bacon himself described it as a disaster. <laughs> and he said, if you ever wondered what it would be like to be in a car crash on the M25 with me shouting questions at you... <laughs> This is what it was like. I have had that dream, I think. Yes. Yeah. Anxiety dream. Richard Bacon, <laughs> I wouldn't drive with him. Uh, so the uh, the point of the quiz was that the it was against the clock. So it was it was stress again. So it was the the first fifteen minutes of the show. The money is building up to a jackpot of seven seven and a half thousand pounds, and then after twenty minutes, the money starts to drop Ooh. precipitously, like a thousand pounds a minute or something. Oof. Um, and you have to then find your key to unlock the box. Okay. Now, I'm not explaining it very well, but what I would urge our listeners to do is just go and watch it. 
on YouTube. See if you can figure it out. Because it is quite baffling, but there's a brilliant episode and the questions I'm going to test you with were taken from, it's a sort of a Quizmaster special uh, and it features uh, Jeremy Beadle, I mean genius quizzer. It features Nicholas Parsons. Mm, he knows his way around a game show, that yeah. lad. And it also features friend of the show, Henry Kelly. Oh! Lovely Henry Kelly. If only we could time travel and go and do some interviews at that recording. Well, because contestant number four on the game show host special was Nick Weir, host of Waffle, (laughs) the daytime quiz show. (laughs) The daytime game show on which I... A bit of a sausage fest, I have to say. (laughs) It was a bit, but then, you know, game show hosts at that time. Yeah, yeah, there there weren't that many women in the quiz show. Oofra. But yeah, the, the testosterone in that cube it was a cube full of testosterone is a bit strong (laughs) they were amiable they were cuddly yes there were some lovely cuddly men uh so uh so as i say it was against the clock the time was of the essence so i'm going to give you a minute's worth of questions and see how long it takes you to get through them okay Okay, right amanda so the more time i save the more money yeah the more money i'm gonna okay okay you're gonna give me some money yeah, I'm going to yeah. give you a pound. Your time starts <laughs> now. What is the main ingredient of the soup borscht? Um, beetroot. What? Which game show host had the catchphrase "Nothing for a pair"? Not in this game. Bruce Forsyth. Eight by eight is what? Eight Six, times eight. Sixty-four. Yeah. In which sport was Phil Tufnell a famous player? Cricket. Which year marked the end of the Second World War? Nineteen forty-five. Right. Okay. How many was that, Amanda? How long was that? Uh, 20 seconds. 20 hey! seconds? So wow. One, seven thousand pounds. You have seven and a half thousand pounds. I'm giving you the key to unlock. There we go. <laughs> it's in you. a safety deposit box somewhere in London. Good luck. So uh, that was uh, 19 Keys. I urge you to go and have a look at it. Uh, and that was what Quizzing in the Noughties was all about. So on the line with us now, I am thrilled to say that we have... Uh, now, a man who I have met on a number of occasions because he is a stalwart supporter of podcasting and comedy and an all-round good egg. Uh, and also, as of recently, a contestant on only connect it is mr david smith hello david hello how are you very well very well i watched your only connect debut this morning and we're going to talk you through it in a minute but yeah you were fantastic if i may say so oh thanks very much yeah i was was a little nervous about how it was going to come across but um, it's good to know that um, people seem to have enjoyed it yes did you get some good twitter feedback I have, yeah. I mean, the number of messages that I've received has just been absolutely phenomenal. My phone has been buzzing for the past twenty-four hours, um, and it's been it's been absolutely lovely. Yeah, because I was I was absolutely terrified about um, about it going out, and I was terrified before doing the show as well, <laughs> if I'm honest. But um, yes, but uh, yeah, I was I was wondering about how the reaction was going to go. I know yeah, it's funny I mean, now, isn't it? That, that actually the reaction, you know, it's nerve-wracking doing a show, and that has always been the case. But I think now, when a show goes out, certainly I find this that you do get that massive dread of going, "Oh my God, what if there's some weird thing mm, that everyone that everyone picks up?" Kind on. of goes, "Oh, he picked his nose," or <laughs> you know, that's it's keenly anticipated. Though it's, it was a big pressure to be on the first episode, first of, episode the of the new, new series. series, very, very hotly anticipated. Yeah, that was that was, and it was the a surprise to us as well because it wasn't the first one recorded mm. so we went in and uh, I think it was about three minutes before we went on they went just so you know this is going to be the first episode of the series <laughs> so no pressure <laughs> well it was a so, great um, one to choose for a first episode because dramatic oh my goodness it was shall we do a little um, I'll do a very quick sort of talk through for anyone who hasn't seen it now obviously if anyone's listening and they are still catching up on the last series of Any Connect, then uh, you know turn off now go and do something Non this. Press pause. Press go pause. and watch it, and then unpause. Oh, there you go. That's what. They, yes, they so should do that. Yeah. They should do like that. Twenty-seven minutes of your life. Yes, right. uh, because mm-hmm. it's a, and it whizzes by. It's amazing. Oh, it so does. we started off, uh, and uh, you did correctly. You correctly identified that. Um, uh, Sergeant Pepper album cover was one of the things that you identified. You identified. Oh, now there was one which was um, High Street Shops. So there was a picture of Zara Phillips. There was yep. a little map of Iceland. Uh. There were some peacocks, and then so you, and your team. You buzzed in, 
at uh, Peacocks to say they're all high street shops. But I heard that you'd got the answer at Iceland. Oh, yeah, I was um, I was watching it back um, uh, just before you called me. And uh, yeah, um, I heard um, uh, my teammate Mark was going, um, I said, Zara and Iceland are both shops, but and he went, well, that's a bit tenuous. And I thought, well, you know, I'd rather be safe because you're on the most tenuous um, show. The uh, yeah, the um, the Sergeant Pepper question, we actually didn't get that one right because we buzzed in after three clues thinking that they were all burial sites. And then as soon as the fourth one came up, it was it was had the Beatles in it next to their own waxworks. And um, uh, Tim, my teammate, um, he's a huge uh, fan of um, pop culture from that time. Um, as is Mark, actually, as well. And uh, they got it almost immediately. Um, I think it would have taken me a bit longer. So because mm. of that, I think we were a little more um, cautious yes. um, about, yeah. about going in for um, for that one. So, yeah, we waited until we got the third one, which was uh, the Peacocks. And then we thought, yeah, just go for it. Yes, and the last one was going to be the Clintons, which was... <laughs> it uh, was, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, speaking of your teammates, so Mark uh, and Tim. So I know both of those from Twitter as well because they are... So Tim has a blog and podcast, Tim Worthington. um has he does looks unfamiliar amongst other things oh, yes. uh and mark yeah, it's is, a fantastic podcast yes and mark is an amazing chronicler of uh of pop culture as you say yeah um and so and how you were called the darksiders because of your shared love of pink floyd yes so um, why that and was, how that's, that was a little bit um a little bit tenuous as well mm. if i'm honest the um the story of our team name was uh um it wasn't our original team name so oh. when we did the application, we were thinking, because uh, I didn't know Mark or Tim at all, we were put in touch with each other on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, the first time we actually met in person was the audition. Oh, when we my went gosh. To, um, to, Yeah. So we had a couple of Skype calls before that just to see how the team dynamic was and see if how our knowledge was. Um, and we were trying to think. It was coming up to the deadline for submitting the application. We'd been doing it for about something like six weeks. And um, we couldn't think of a team name. And we were talking about things that we were interested in. And our original team name was the Time Travelers. Um, And the idea behind that was that um, we all love stuff from before our time or, you know, from our childhoods or things Mm. like that. Because obviously um, Mark and Tim, uh, uh, Mark's done looks unfamiliar quite a lot. And uh, Tim's obviously the host of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a big fan of uh, classic rock music and retro video games and loads of things. So we were thinking... Time Travelers was quite good in terms of, you know, we we love old-timey stuff, basically. Um, The problem is that, as you can probably tell from my explanation, it takes about five minutes to explain (laughs) why. And the thing that they said to us was, it has to be something that can be summed up in one line. You know, Victoria needs to be able to go united by, and then that's it. Um, So after the audition, we were thinking, because we spent about the same length of time explaining the name in the audition, and they said, okay, well, have a think about other alternatives. Um, So on the way out, me and uh, Tim were talking, we were talking about about just music that we like, and we found out that we both like Pink Floyd. Um, And Tim prefers their earlier stuff with Sid Barrett, and I prefer their stuff from sort of Dark Side of the Moon and that kind of era. Um, And Dark Side of the Moon is one of my favourite albums ever made. Mm -hmm. And... um, uh, when I floated it as an idea for the team name based on that, um, I don't think Mark has any particular attachment to Pink Floyd <laughs> particularly, <laughs> um, but he was just happy to um, go along with it. And also, I, I picked the name because I thought Darksiders sounded kind of cool. Yes, as a team yes, name. I, yeah. I thought it sounded quite memorable. It's yeah. intimidating Although as well. I've, I've had a lot of people thinking that we were, you know, supporters of the Empire from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, because, uh, yeah, because I think there is a precedent for that. There's a, there's a fantastic article from um, the Financial Times in 2016 by a guy called Josh Spiro who um, was a member of a team called the Beekeepers. Mm. And the reason that they were called the Beekeepers is because uh, one of the guys in the team uh, was a part-time um, beehive inspector. And that was literally <laughs> the, the only connection they had. But, but then they got introduced on Only Connect as the Beekeepers and they all united behind that banner. So, um, so well, They, ha- they would have of... to start keeping bees after that, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. they? I, I, yeah. I certainly would. Well, tenuous connections is what it's all about, obviously. Yeah, exactly. but, and then oh, yeah. you were against the suits, so-called because of their shared love of bridge. Yeah, uh, they I, were, th- I they thought they were just smartly lovely. dressed. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. The love of the TV show that Meghan Markle used to be in. Um, but th- <laughs> yeah. they were they they were not smartly dressed, oh. actually, uh, but they were delightful. They seemed like a lovely bunch. So uh, much fun was had in the green room afterwards, presumably. Yeah, it was. And um, uh, because... Um, 
uh, because they uh, won that episode, um, the, the way the schedule worked was that um, if you lost the episode, you recorded a second one later that day. So um, because in, in this year, it's, it's a double elimination format. Yep. So you all you record at least two episodes, and if you win at least one of those episodes, you advance to a further round. Um, so the recording schedule for that day, we recorded our first episodes in the a- early afternoon, and then because we lost the first episode, we were then immediately filming the second. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so they got to go off because they were asked to come back another day because they were then in the winners branch. So we spent a lot of time in the green room beforehand because there was a lot of sort of sitting around waiting for them to check sounds and lighting and everything like that. Um, and we got to know them, and yeah, they were a fantastic bunch of guys. In fact, I think um, we, we met a few of the teams, and they were all absolutely lovely, and they've all got um, some top talent in them. So I'm really excited to now watch the episodes that I wasn't involved yes. in, just to sort of enjoy it as a fan again, you know? Oh, that's so lovely. It's so lovely yeah. when you connect, isn't it? The whole thing. Everyone who does it is lovely. Everyone who works, <laughs> isn't it? It's lovely. Um, well, that's all good. Yeah, that's do what not we tell you, because you've <laughs> never been Because I'm not part of the club yet. <laughs> I will be one day. I'm going to get some tips off you, David, later there is on. A, there's a Facebook on group for only Connect alumni, and you're not oh, in it. mate. You just have yeah. to, you know, it's, how to it's hurt a, a girl, a, don't it's you? It's a twenty-four-seven party. Oh man, you're just all there, just making connections all the time. Just doing it's walls exactly without it's, me. It, it's like a, a, a lovely little community, and um, the uh, I remember you saying in um, one of your uh, recent episodes about how um, half all people in television are lovely and half other people are horrible. Yes, and um, the everyone that worked on Only Connect was absolutely just wonderful, yes. so welcoming, so kind, and so actually, there must be another show where everyone is an absolute ass. Well, there are many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every single person. <laughs> after if, if we finish, yang, you've got to have the balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll name actually, several. After the, um, after the uh, entire series was recorded, they actually sent us a handwritten thank you note to every team to say thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, we hope to, you know, they have occasional reunions and things like that. So, um, God, yeah, it's a it, cult, it's, it's actually, like isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it like that, yeah, it's a cult I want to be yeah. part of. Um, so we'll back to the. Let's go back to the uh, the playthrough, right? So okay. you and your lovely team against the other lovely team. Um, now, uh, a question that you got that uh, I okay. This is I think the best line of the show, and it was yours. So the question was. Uh, so it was N, Nigeria, B, Mumbai. D, Pigeon Forge, and H, Los Angeles. Yes. Now, you did not get this one, did you? You did not get <laughs> we it. We didn't, right. no. No, and of course what it was was the letter is followed by Hollywood. Ah, yes. In, for that, for for that, that person. That so Lagos, place is of course, Lagos film industry. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you didn't get it, but you, David Smith, made up for not getting it by having the best line because Victoria said, and does anyone know... What the, uh, the what the uh, hang on? What's the slogan? Does anyone know what the slogan of Dollywood is? And you said, "Is it open nine to five? <laughs> that is such a good line. Yeah. I cheered. I cheered that just, one. Just uh, just came to me at the right time. You know how sometimes you just the, the perfect joke comes into your head. I did, and it was it was wonderful. It was a wonderful moment. And then you went on and you did very well. You got the fact that some of them were um, Shakespeare plays translated into the language of the place they were yeah, set. Yeah, that that was um, we got. We got lucky with that one because uh, the other team buzzed in after one clue and I had a bit of a mini heart attack because I was we were already behind at that point. And I was yep. thinking, if they get a five-pointer here, we're pretty much done for. Mm. Um, and they, they didn't get it quite right. And then, yeah, I think we got we got a bit fortunate with that one. I well, think. no, but you did very well. And then you went on to, uh, I'll just quickly whiz through some of the walls you had. So you did, you correctly identified, um, oh, bless you, films with the word blue in the title. Famous yep. Davids. Um, but then the, the wall that let you down was there were various terms like balayage, dip, Oh, yeah. Okay, and Jenny's nodding, Amanda knows, but you three clearly never been near a hairdresser in your lives. (laughs) There was was very little hair on your team, to be honest. You had the lion's share, of the lion's mane, if you will, um, of the hair. And I did think, are they going to get that? And uh, hair dyeing techniques, no. I tell you, my um, my sisters are never going to let me forget that one. Honestly, I, I genuinely, I'd never heard of those. I, I, I never heard of three of those terms. I also said that um, hombre was Spanish for brother, which. Yeah. Is, um, 
So I was I was having an absolute That's another good nightmare. joke though. <laughs> it was. It was. We pretend you were just joking and everyone yeah. will think you're a genius. And then yeah. and then we came to the missing vows round and it was heartbreaking because you did so incredibly well. Playground games. I thought that these guys they you know they're slightly behind you're going to storm through but uh you know again spoiler alert in the final analysis it wasn't quite just wasn't quite enough. Yeah. Um, I mean that I'm just happy that it was competitive because I was worried that we were going to go on and get absolutely thrashed. Yeah. Um because we went on we had a couple of goals before we went on the show um you know uh, hardly ambitious ones but first one was obviously you're on television don't make a fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, then we sort of escalated to let's score at least one point. Yeah. Then let's see if we can um, uh, solve at least one wall, which we didn't manage to do, and then win at least one episode, which we also haven't managed to do as um, yet. So as yet, you'll have to you'll have to tune in to see if we manage to do those in any. Uh, oh yes. Next episode. Okay. Well, we've got your list of, uh, of of achievements that you wished to uh, to tick off, but I have to say, uh, brilliant joke, tick, lovely <laughs> rapport. Tick and just generally seem like all round brilliant, clever, nice guys. So stand every chance going Congratulations. forward. Congratulations! Yeah. yeah, no, I'm re- and we yeah. are rooting for you. We're looking forward to seeing how you get on in the rest of the series. And in fact, if you don't mind, David, we may well have you back to talk about how you get on. Is that okay? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Super. Can't wait for that. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll call this the end of part one, and we will talk to you again about your only connect journey. Thank you so much, David. It's been such a pleasure talking Thank to you. you. All right. Thanks very much. It was lovely. To, I've, I've been a fan of this podcast since day one. No. So uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled and honoured to be on it. No. And, um, th- and thanks, Amanda, for uh, organising this. I know you put in a lot of work for this. Oh, it's so, so um, lovely oh. to have you on. Well, we can't wait. So uh, looking forward to seeing the next one. Thank, Thank you keep listening. so, so much, my love. Tell Thank your friends. You. All right. Thanks very much. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Right. It is time for the listener quiz. Listener quiz. Yeah. Listener quiz. Ooh, ooh, I love that. I like that. It is. Um, so this is from Duncan Saunders, and I am incredibly confident about this. I'm predicting a solid win for Porter here. Absolutely solid, because it's about Harry Potter. With which my children are completely obsessed. It's a little, little hubristic. I, would you know? I don't even care. This is very—it's <laughs> like my interview on the last time I did Celebrity Pointless, uh, where I, you know, bigged myself up and then was eliminated in the first round. <laughs> it can happen to anyone. It can, but I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to say, "Come on, bring it on, producer Amanda. Give me these questions. I'm going to win. That's it." Okay, well... Just we'll, sit back, Jenny. Just, you know, think about something else. Well, I actually selected <laughs> these questions because Duncan was kind enough to send me three evenings of Harry Potter-inspired quiz <gasps> questions. Oh, well, can I have all of them? Because I would yes. give them to my children. That would be amazing. Um, so so, so you've actually, read these ones in advance? I read them in wow. advance. Holy moly. Okay, let's do this. Okay, well, I'm excited too. So yeah. uh, Here we go. Ready to win. Here we go. Paul's right, are we ready? Bit. Yeah, oh, ready. I've never been readier. Question number one. How many copies of the first Harry oh. Potter book were originally printed in the first run? <laughs> oh, was it okay. A, 500, B, 1,000, yeah. or C, 5,000? I'm going to for Okay. Go I'm, on. Well, I would say 5,000, because why would you print 1,000 of a book? Well, no, maybe actually books don't sell that many, do they? I'll go for A. A? 500? No. I mean, you wouldn't. It's barely worth it. Because I watched the Antiques Roadshow, and they had... You know, they do the basic better and best challenge. Uh, oh, yes. You're looking at me blankly. <laughs> um, they, they had three children's books and one of them was a paperback first edition of uh-huh. Harry Potter. Yes. And it was it was more valuable than a first edition hardback of Matilda. <gasps> Lordy me. Which I was quite keen on the hardback Matilda being good because I had that. Oh, I've got that back right. at home. Gosh. Not in as good condition. Um, go on, Amanda. You going 5,000? No, I was going to, but now I'm going to go B and just be a bit of a coward. Okay, so Jenny, you are right. It's oh. 500. Immediately. I gave you first dips as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I should warn you, Lucy, that I didn't, I was worried oh. that if I picked questions that were so intricate um, regarding the plot to Harry Potter that you you might not have oh, the chance. Oh, Amanda, you right. betrayed so, <laughs> Next time, next time, so, we've, 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 if we've got more Harry Potter questions. I will, I will make sure no, that we... bloody word. <laughs> I've sat there having to go, oh, we I can, oh, Well, the last, the last one, I think okay. you're in with a really okay. good chance with, but let's get through the other ones first, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I can get through. Um, again, it's multiple choice, mm. so you've got a chance, Lucy. Okay. 
Question two. How many languages have the Harry Potter book oh. been published in? Is it A, 102? Uh-huh. Is it B, 68? Uh-huh. Or is it C, 47? <sighs> I mean, I'm going to split it down the middle and go for 68. I'll 68. go for the most. And A. You're going A. You're going yeah, B. why not? Lucy, you're right. Yay! It's 68. Well, that was just simply cowardice. have done it in Latin, probably yeah. in Klingon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Esperanto. <laughs> My son's just invented a language called Samol. Oh, so I may. It'd be translated into Samol any moment. Into Samol, that's actually such a good idea. Yeah. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah. It'd be like a, a young Tolkien. Well, that's it. That's very much his inspiration. Yeah, I like it. Question number three. Mm-hmm. How many publishers rejected the first manuscript of Harry Potter oh, and the loads. Philosopher's Stone so before said. Bloomsbury agreed to publish it? There's no multiple choice here. Yeah, I mean, she... Yeah, she, she wrote to loads. Fifteen. She, that sounds like a good guess to me. I, I'll take, <laughs> pick you back on for that. I'll pick, no, I'll go like twelve. You're dead on, Lucy. Yes. It's twelve. Oh, good girl. It must be somewhere in my mind. Though. So... I'm not on the back of... And it was uh, eventually Barry Cunningham. Uh, who I met, who's a lovely man. Good he, old Baz. He, uh, I think he was the guy at Bloomsbury. He went, yeah, go on then. Mm. So, question number four. I really like this question. I think it's very sweet. But why did J.K. Rowling choose King's Cross Station for Harry to take the train to Hogwarts? Hmm. Interesting. Well, well, she would have been... Um, she liked to live in Edinburgh, and I guess you would get the train from King's, King's Cross, Cross to Edinburgh on the yes. East Coast Main Line up to there. Um... Um, or I mean it's full of owls yeah <laughs> well, yeah well, I suppose if you were getting a train to the Highlands you'd either be going from Euston or King's Cross you'd be, yeah you'd go east coast from King's Cross wouldn't you yeah yeah e- you would oh, well actually probably be getting the Caledonian Sleeper that's from Euston isn't it it is the Caledonian Sleeper if you're going but, up but you go Glasgow Euston to, and to, um, Edinburgh's King's yeah. Cross generally, or William kind of the the oh, West Coast lovely, up there, it's it? nice. Oh, I love yeah. a train. Um, maybe it's because she, the platform nine and three quarters, so she used to get a train from platform nine specifically. Although those would be the those more regional. Those were the Thames link. Yeah, those yeah, are the, those more were the old Thames link ones, nine and ten. Um, you are not on the right track. We're not on the right track <laughs> at all. Okay. Her parents met there. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's nice. really nice. That's, that's nice, nice, isn't it? That's yeah. nice. That's nice for him. It's very. Yeah, I wonder what they were doing. But hey, that's for that's for another time. Lucy. Okay, Come here on. we go. Yes. Wingardium Leviosa. Avada Kedavra. Question number five. I just said it. I just said it. What is the name of the potion that regrows your bones? Ooh. Oh, it's called um, oh, don't because get this, now. Um, <laughs> this is going to be so embarrassing. My kids are going to go mad. She called in the Madame Pomfrey. Madame Pomfrey in the infirmary makes mm. it. Yeah, she and does. it's really painful. Yeah, that's right. Um, Skelligro. Yes. <gasps> get in. Oh. In your face, Potter. God, you couldn't even let me have it, could you? You couldn't have just <laughs> written it. <passed laughs> you could have passed on a note so that my children wouldn't wouldn't despise me. But no, no. That's the kind of question that we that we're expecting, though. So I. I think we can have another showdown and, yes. and get the kids involved. If someone could send in a Harry Potter quiz that is entirely about the kind of thing that seven and eight-year-olds would be interested in, yes, then that'd be great. Junior quiz. There is a kids section. There is a junior quiz section. So I will I will pull that out as well. Thank for, you. Yes, Thank lovely. You. Thank you very much, Duncan. Duncan Smashing question. I mean, you know, edifying it, as well. Oh well, you enjoyed it. Yeah, you got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you won it, didn't you? Yeah, anyway, thanks, Duncan. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listeners, we are delighted. We are thrilled. We are privileged. uh, Privileged is very much the word I would use. Can't spell it, but I'd use that word. (laughs) Because we have live with us. We can see his gorgeous face. You could touch it. Oh, we can touch him. We can smell him. We can lick him. We can literally (laughs) lick his face. Didn't you try Uh, and lick Henry Kelly? I seem to remember on the podcast you said at one point you would if you could. That's what we would. But uh, particularly, the one and only, you can hear his beautiful voice. It's Mr. Ben Shepard. Lovely to be here. Thanks so much for coming. I'm literally here. This is very exciting. Our We've never had a live guest. IRL ben. guest. Am I the I'm I'm the one. Yeah, I'm you're the, the guinea pig. I'm if this <laughs> works, if this works, what then we'll get someone else. What did they all know that I didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> Henry Kelly was this. like, she's going to lick me. I'm not coming yeah. in the studio. Get through without like being licked. Yes. I put that down on the contract. I'm only coming in if there's tongues. How are you? How is everyone? We're great. Great. Love the yeah. podcast, by the way. Oh, well, but Thank sending you. the love back at you because, uh, I mean, we'll talk about everything else that you've done, but let's get straight into it. Tipping point mm. is one of the most audacious um, <laughs> things ever to have happened on British television yes, because quite. you just right so I I'm going to start with an anecdote right Ooh. I was in South End on Sea with my children yes. and we're in the arcade and um, I, we're on the Penny Falls machine mm. and a guy came nice. over and said oh I'd go for drop zone three if I were you Amazing. and I went tipping point fair <laughs> <laughs> And he said, yes, I am. And it's become, so from something we all knew in our childhood Mm. has now become the staple of an incredibly successful and long-running television show. And yet none of us could quite believe it when it started. (laughs) How did you, I mean, when they approached you, what was the pitch? So they they described the... um the format to me and they said you know we've got one of these penny falls machines it's going to be a giant penny falls machine and we'll ask questions and they'll put counters into the machine and we'll try and engineer getting counters out and i said uh okay well i know the machines always love the machines how's it going to work as a quiz so we went to a rehearsal rooms in waterloo so the first time i saw the machine um that was built by a guy called steve webb steve webbo who did i think he did rick edward's Pound coin machine as well. He's done the dome for the Crystal Dome. So if Uh, something he's making for telly, a cool contraption, Webbo does it. And uh, Webbo was there and we had these four contestants, but the machine was a very sort of pared down version. And we played the game where they were answering questions and uh, there was four drop zones as we now know them as drop zones. They they weren't actually. We just called them slots one, two, three or four. And I'd say, so uh, you got the question right. Which one do you want to go in? And they went, I'll go on the one on the end. So we say, that's number one. Right, we'll go on number one. Okay, so when you say, when you want to release it, Weber will drop the counter in. I get asked all the time, is there someone in the machine dropping counters Mm. in? And now there's not. It's all completely fully automated. There is always someone there to, to run it because it's obviously a very complicated mm, yeah. sort of uh, machine. But he was just dropping the counters in. They're going, ready, steady, now go, and dropping it in. <laughs> and then we clamber along to the next one. And what I came away from that thinking, well, it was brilliant fun to play. The contestants really enjoyed it. And it was really exciting and tense. But what's it going to be like on telly? Is that going to translate yeah. through yeah. the TV screen? And that's the thing you just never know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get a sense of whether it will or not. But, you know... Can we get generate that sort of that excitement uh, and the anticipation and the edge of the seatness of of the machine and and the excitement of the gameplay to people sitting at home? And it turns out that we can and we have. Well, you can, Ben. Well, I, th- I mean, I let's not underplay joy, your role in this. A lot yes. of the joy is the the jargon. And I want to know how much of it that you came up with, the, the drop zones and ghost drops. Yeah, and so, we, yeah. And well, it's that inter- sort of so that's stuff. another thing that happened that, that day because one of the, so uh, it was the, the, 
the concept was brought, was created by a guy called Hugh Rycroft, who then took it to RDF and then sat with Lynn Sutcliffe and a couple of the other geniuses there, Neil Simpson mm-hmm. and, and Peter Usher, and they sort of shaped this format. And it was Lynn who sat with me and was saying, I think we need to have some words for how it's going in. Because we were still discussing how do I go about it? Do I commentate on the machine? Do we let the machine just play out and see, you know, you're working through all those ideas. And the machine is in it a lot because actually I think one of the beauties of the format is it's you're constantly going back to the yes. machine so you you have to fill a lot of time talking yeah. about that machine yeah yeah I, I, yes <laughs> i do for a thousand shows over a thousand shows for a day i'm talking i noticed you refer to it as a her yeah. as well i think it's got a name which we've never talked about which is workoutable but it's got a, machi- a, a name oh. and the name is a female name ah. um it's pretty straightforward if you think about it but I'm not going to give it away because okay. people ask me all the time okay someone good. will get it at some point but um and Lynn I think Lynn was said originally you've got it haven't you there he's got it in yeah the we're all thinking yeah, the yeah, same name but let's uh, uh, and Lynn said mate and what should we do and and it just so happened that um one of the counters that went in because it gets to build up a static as you're dropping counts in right. and that's what stops the counter and mm. you get a ghost drop Mm. But it's almost like something suddenly grabbed it. Mm. It's like, and she said, you know, maybe we can call that a ghost drop. And then, and then one fell and it started riding. And I said, well, why don't we have that as a rider? And that seemed to happen, particularly if people release at the wrong time, yeah. which is very infuriating. Yes. Cardinal tipping points in. <laughs> uh, and so, and then it slowly built from there. And it is lovely because people send me tweets or messages all the time, like you were, Lucy, playing at South End Pier or wherever they might be in Blackpool or at a pier somewhere playing Tipping Point uh, playing on a Penny Falls machine and their kids are doing it and they send footage of their kids being me (laughs) where you're going to go putting it in and that fact that it's become part of that fabric of people's daytime TV life but also their life outside of it it's oh God, really it's special. Huge. It's really, it is really special. Huge. I mean, do they? Do you ever go in the arcades now? Or are you barred? Because you know too much. <laughs> oh, no, Shepard's in. Too much knowledge. It, it was clean us out. It was funny because t- me and my son, this a couple of years ago, we, were, we, went, for, we went for a walk. I was, it, a period where I was trying to get my kids out of the house a bit more. And so we were playing Pokemon Go a lot. Mm. Yeah. Because there was a one way of bribing your children to get out. <laughs> let's go and catch Pokemon. And we'd been on this walk for about five miles. We were still walking around Surrey. And we came across this um, uh, this circus sort of like on a, on a green. And we went in. And they had a Penny Falls machine and they'd called it Tipping Point but of course it had just been painted because it was like one of these travelling ones yeah. and they went oh you're not supposed to see this because obviously they're not allowed to do that and he said and you're certainly not going to play it and so I and Sam and I had a bit of a laugh and wandered away but I'm pretty sure that's not there anymore uh, yes. but so I, I well they've probably done that thing you know when they paint faces like on the oh, uh, yeah. on the ride not quite Disney yeah, yeah. 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 there's probably like, a not quite Ben yeah, Shepherd yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan Befford was the host <laughs> or like but he but um, so I ha- I haven't played since. But uh, I mean, it's honestly, it's it, it is such an important part of my life, my family's life now mm. as well, and it has become this extraordinary thing to be a part of. Um, and you talk about the machine as well. I thought it was really interesting. I listened to one of your podcasts from Series One, and the guy from Endemol who came up with all the stats for the chase yes. did his uh, uh, his Spread spreadsheet and all yep. that stuff. And he was saying in one of the pitch meetings, "What's your thing that you've got? So if the contestants aren't great, what is the thing in the in the format that means it's always going to be interesting?" And whatever happens, uh, the machine and I stood in front of it thousands of times now, 1,100, 200 shows, whatever it is, it is still hypnotic watching this machine yeah. and trying to figure out, and I think I've got a good idea of what's going to happen, mm. but it still does stuff that you can't imagine. And yeah. that unpredictability is what makes it exciting. Um, and especially when people are willing to take a trade and see if they'll go for it, or even if you know the money comes out really quickly. Um, and it's... Someone said to me, do you ever get bored doing it? But every time four contestants, it's a little bit like the chase, really, mm. when you've done it over and over again. Every time the four contestants stand there, it's the first time and usually the only time they're going to get the chance to do it. Yep. And they're all so excited to be there. So it creates its own energy. And anything yes. can happen because I've seen, because I know the quiz circuit, mm. so I've seen people who are known quantities in national quizzes and they'll go out in the first round because she's a cruel mistress. She is yes. a cruel mistress. <laughs> you can right. you can buzz in and get those characters and you get nothing out and then someone you know it's a complete leveler isn't it Uh, because it's nice because there is luck yes undoubtedly but you sort of feel well there is judgment as well especially in the end game yes if you don't go for one or four you're an absolute moron (laughs) oh 
Well, if you're a stato, then you'd work that out, yeah. wouldn't you? You'd know. Oh, it just makes sense, though. But but you know what? The, but the reality is, I've stood in front of hundreds of games where, of course, they're going, right, I'm going to go for drop zone one or I'm going to go for drop zone four. And the counter lands somewhere and you just don't get at it at all. You know, and that's, but, and then suddenly it'll drop into two or three. And sometimes I think as well, and this surprises me when we're playing the game, it feels like, and it is totally random. The amount of times I get asked, is there someone putting stuff in? Or it's magnets, Ben, it's magnets. Look at this. And they'll show me footage. And I'll say, look yeah. at it, look at it, yeah. deviate. How does that happen? Of course, the conspiracy theories come course, out about yeah. everything, well, Obviously, they? they struggle with the fact that they're plastic counters. Yeah. So the magnets... <laughs> and the idea is that is it's not going to happen. But of course, little, little micro bits of dirt or whatever can change the tracking once it lands in the machine. Mm. And suddenly a cat... A, a drop zone two or three could seem really consistent mm. and it all seems to be falling on the right hand side and I think that people don't try and read the machine enough and get a feel of it but then you know they've lo- everyone it's comes with a plan they've and they've it. all you, come with a plan thousands of times but the amount of mm-hmm. times that people come in like you say really good quizzes and stand there and they try and dish out the counts in the first round right I'm not going to answer this one I'm going to get you to play it Jen I'm going to get Lucy yep. to play this one and it comes back to bite them as well yes. and they kind of think back, oh Lucy got that massive 12 count to drop that should have been mine and I passed it because I didn't think it was quite ready mm, you yes. know that's the tactics and trying to read the machine I think is is has anyone ever things. attacked the machine? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I've wanted to go it. at it every now and again. When especially ones that are dangling over the edge. Like we've had yes. jackpot counters that are dangling over the jet edge just and just won't like, drop. Breathe on it. Yeah. Yes. We've, we've had people trying to blow on it, breathe on it, kick it. You can try to kick it, but the alarms go off and then security yeah. come and throw you out. Webber gets upset. It's lovely as well because at the end, you know, normally in a quiz, it's like, so you do the quiz bit and the answers depend whether you win or lose. But there is this lovely little extra bit of like you know the, the machine will have the final say yeah. there will be yeah. you know yeah, yeah. and I, I I would absolutely urge anybody that comes in to be polite to the machine as well <laughs> I mean it's the most ridiculous her. thing that you sort of you can't help but feel like when we've done as many as we've done and there'll be contestants that are really lovely and really want them to win and there'll be contestants come in that perhaps you don't want to win quite so much <laughs> but it just seems like the machine does it on purpose there's oh. like you can't help but take it personally mm. and yes. that's drives me mad because I'm thinking it's, just, it's a machine come on get with it Ben but you can't you just think oh the stupid machine just give them the counter <laughs> they're lovely give them yes. the money yes of course because it's not my money as well so <laughs> yeah. it's always lovely giving away someone else's money oh, isn't it um, and the thing about the questions is quite interesting as well mm. that I think it's one of the um, most interesting quiz shows on TV because the quiz uh because the question sets are slightly different there's a lot more pop culture I mm-hmm. think than most quizzes it isn't necessarily designed for your professional quizzes or people who have memorised the champagne bottle sizes and the heraldry colours and all the things we talk about on this. Although I think the Nebuchadnezzar was a question in the last series. Oh good, well I'm glad to hear it's still in there Which I answered on your podcast as well because I think we just recorded that show. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only reason I knew. (laughs) Well I mean obviously you are now an expert in things quiz. Because there's, I mean I kind of trip up quite a lot there's a lot of sport as mm-hmm. well there's quite a lot of football questions and I always love it when you see people who are sort of quizzy type people come on and they get like uh, which reality TV star and they're like cast killed no by, <laughs> killed by the Kardashians and then you're the, yes, the, the guy the, um, the last episode I watched um, which author wrote the Booker Prize winning novel Last Orders and he looked at the options and went no idea not read not read anything by any of them um suppose if it was last orders you'd have a swift one i'll go for graham swift <gasps> and it was right Way. and and any normal quizzer at home's gone furious like, i exactly. actually knew that <laughs> i've learned that fact <laughs> i've read that book and he just get, but you know to be fair he got his three counters yeah also always go for the three counters in the well, last yes, round you see, yeah. there's that, that honestly of you've as got well. as much chance if but you're you, just guessing at them you may as well go one in get, three I mean, for three the, counters the, the, I, the, you, you, it's a really interesting thing because I listen I love quizzes I really enjoy all the quizzes out there and I think the question part of it often um, people misunderstand the tipping point and think the questions can be too easy mm-hmm. but of course the fundamental thing about tipping point is unless people have counters unless contestants have counters the gameplay can't be as interesting so often what we will do is we will make sure there's a question that everyone has a chance to answer to buzz in mm. to win a counter okay and all, all the way through there's going to be 
easy questions, it's going to be medium questions, it's going to be hard questions. It's going to be like the chase, yeah. you know, they, and it's just a standard, but it's how they've shaped them mm -hmm. in order to make the gameplay and give the contestants counters because the counters and putting it into the machine is what creates the tension and yes. the excitement as well. And brilliantly, I think in series one, you had Julia Hobson, who is yeah, on the did. chase at the minute. Yeah, so Julia was our here. first question writer. And I, she, I don't know whether she told you this, but you edited it out or we didn't have time to put it into the podcast. But so I hosted One Versus 100 many years ago, mm, yes. which was my first big quiz to do, which I absolutely loved. Julia came on as a contestant. Like she said on the quiz, she'd, on, the, on the podcast, she'd won a lot of money and then she'd been able to go off and become a mm. quiz uh, contestant producer. I hosted the show with Julia <laughs> where she won the big money on Saturday night and then... I suddenly start doing Tipping Point and my first question producer <laughs> was Julia Hobbs which was a really lovely and I it's think all that, your fault yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, but I think it's a really really um, sort of underrated art and, and uh, trying to get the questions right for depending whatever whether it's only connect whether it's university mm -hmm. challenge whether it's the chase whether it's Tipping Point uh, whether it's impossible whatever it is questions are written in a certain way in order to facilitate the format and mm. I think people forget that they're just sitting at home and and what I do really love, and I think it's really important as well, is as you, you know, Jenny, particularly, you get serial quizzes, you get serial TV quizzes. So mm -hmm. we've we've had lots of contestants that have been seen on various other shows. A lot of first timers come on Tipping Point because they feel like with the the, the sort of the, the machine element that's going to help them along the way, and also because they feel like the questions can be a little bit more generous at times. They feel more comfortable doing it, and without fail, every single person that comes on and does a TV quiz or does Tipping Point wants to do another one. Because because they've had nice. a fantastic day yeah. and really enjoyed it. And, you know, whatever happens, they, they want to go again because they think that was brilliant fun. And I love that accessibility of it. It's a and gateway also, quiz. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, yeah. you I'm are. Being... You are tempting in the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> like a gateway drug. Wow. Uh, and, 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 and people often go away with money. Yes. I get that a lot. They like they enjoy tipping point because after all that hard work, you can choose to take the money, you can choose to take yeah. the trade. Most, most shows, someone will go with yeah. two or three yeah. thousand pounds. Very which is, rare. When you've invested an hour at home sitting uh, watching these people, you know, often you want them to leave with something. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the question part of it is is I find it fascinating. Now, having worked with tipping point, uh, worked tipping point for so many years and done other quizzes and understanding the importance of those questions and the standard of the questions and interesting questions and the and the shape of, of the, the idea of how they package those questions up, you understand what an art that is. Yes. Because if you get it right, it can, it can, it can, the, the format can fly. Yeah, well, yeah, and if people are sitting there completely turned off by the questions, then, you know, even the, the beauty of the format isn't going to keep them Yes, there, right. It? But it's, I mean, it is, the, the balance of it all works very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our mystery guest yeah. <laughs> Julia Hart <laughs> she's here tonight um, but you but you are um, I would say such a major part of why it works because you are lovely with people mm, thank you and you're lovely with that machine you treat her like a lady uh, um, <laughs> and because you uh, she's had the best years of my life <laughs> she has isn't she <laughs> she has her indoors <laughs> her in the studio because <laughs> um, you already so you did uh, you also did Krypton Factor. I did, yeah. I did yeah. two series of the Krypton oh, Factor when we brought it back. Um, and that was incredible. I mean, that's at the different end. I, I think that's that sort of mix though, isn't it? Because of course, there's the quiz at the end of that, but also you've got the, the yeah, guess yeah, the yeah. game show elements as well with yeah. the intelligence round and the and the um, uh, the observation round and of course the assault Physical. course. Um, and, and when they when we brought it back and it was it was made by Michael Kelpie, who's the exec on the chase now. Yes, uh, of course. And when we brought it back. A lot of we were trying to squeeze a 45 minute show into half an hour slot. We didn't quite have enough time, but the technology involved in some of those games was just remarkable. But and the brains of the contestants as well, mm. they were asking questions um, that that we put them in that cube and we'd link them up to the heart rate monitor and then they get questions and they had to try and work out um, time differences around the other side of the world in different hemispheres and stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was just mesmeric to watch them but yeah. then also terrifying when they, they'd buckle and you could see it just all unravelling yeah. in front of you. Yeah. That was an extraordinary... And, and I'd been a massive Krypton Factor fan as a kid. Yeah. Particularly the assault course. Yeah. You know. Legendary. Uh, Absolutely legendary. When I got when I got that gig and they announced we were doing it, I had a lovely email from Gordon Burns actually. Oh, he emailed me saying, Ben, I'm really thrilled that you're gonna be doing it. I think it's been primed for a comeback for ages. Um uh, and just so you know, the 
our best rating episode was Christmas, blah, 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 blah. We got 17.5 million. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> he, I mean, and, and what, uh, uh, but really lovely that you took the time to sort of contact me and say, you know, well done. And but then luck. I think, you know, that affection for the format is something that you as a, a game show, quiz show host can appreciate, I guess. Because it yes. it's not just like, you know, it's something that you do and walk away from, is it? It's you're invested in No, it. and you understand that there are people watching at home, there are viewers watching at home that have loved it and lived it. And we used to watch it as a family. Mm. And all of us would get something. For me as a kid, it was about the assault course. Yep. For my mum, it was about the observation yeah, round because it was, you know, that was that was her thing. For my yeah. dad, it was the quizzing at the end. Mm. Uh, my brother and sister might be in the intelligence round because they're the ones in the family that are intelligent. But... <laughs> I, you know, so we all had something. There was that lovely, yeah. there was a layer yeah. to it that everyone could take away that we really look forward to. So you, you understand the sort of the privilege of, of being in that position mm-hmm. and getting the chance. And it was lovely to bring it back uh, for the two series that we brought it back for. Yeah. The, the, we, we tried to change the assault course slightly. That, so the original assault course was linear. So it's four people yeah. ran against yes. each other on a long straight line. And of course, you had the zip wire at the end mm. where they literally just grabbed the zip wire, mm. flew down, hit the water, <laughs> and that was it. You can't do that anymore. Health and safety wise, you have to be hooked up to a harness. Yeah. You yes. can't zip wire down to the ground. You have to stop high enough because so, they don't want anyone to hurt their legs. So there were, there were sort of <laughs> restrictions put on us then suddenly. So everyone's going, all oh, the assault courses. And actually, the assault course was way technically way hard and way better but it, we just remember that that yeah. linear so you could see people catching up and and that's what's funny how people want actual danger isn't it that's yeah, come on if you're not going to really break your legs what's the point yeah 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 um, we want we want yeah like the jump you know where yes, you totally. people are ending you their careers on this snap your spine <laughs> i mean that is why that carried on for so many series i yeah. think because the the ratings was oh, god yeah. know, oh, who's are, gonna you know gonna have a life-changing injury yeah, today the end of the assault course though and they were up that tower and then they go to grab it they could have just I mean I think they might have had to put their hands through a little loop yeah. mm. but honestly someone could have lost l- let go at that point they weren't harnessed on and they're sort of you know 20, 30 feet up in the air it's, yeah, no. it's miraculous now yeah. it is I know wow. I, I prefer to live in times where we do have some regard for health and safety actually. nobody needs to see anyone <laughs> but it's not a great telly but you know yeah it's uh, but really? yeah and uh, so what, who were your inspirations as a quiz and game show host who growing up did you think I, really well I always I loved all the uh, as, a, as a TV host as a TV presenter the, mm-hmm. the sort of the the any of the interviews that I really love, Michael Aspel was was fantastic. Oh, yes. and Terry Wogan and those yeah. those shows we saw yeah. Russell Harty, those shows that were sort of early tea time, late tea time, early evening sort of yeah. shows. I used to love those shows. Uh, Henry Kelly, I mean, you talked about him, but mm. I watched Going for Gold religiously um, uh, for years. Bob Holness on um, on Blockbusters, yes. which I got to do. Oh, we did the game show marathon, which yeah. Vernon you won. Hosted. You won it I on did. the game show I marathon. I did. I did my gold don't, run, and I don't got hide your light under a bushel. You won that. <laughs> the only reason I didn't go on to win the whole of the series was because my wife got involved in Mister and Missus, and we just don't know each other at all. But <laughs> frankly, Have you met? she was the letdown. You know, you yeah. remember the questions you get wrong. Well, I remember the wife that was a bad choice. Um, it's very good that your relationship has withstood that. Yeah, you know? I can't quite believe it. She's still surprised to this day. Um, so, so. And also, um, Jim Bowen, because I loved Bullseye. And one of the really, this is a completely out of the blue. We had no idea this was the case. But we were filming Tipping Point in Twickenham, which isn't far in southwest London, which isn't far from where we live. And the boys, it was summer holidays or Easter holidays. And my kids were going to come down. And their mates were over from school. And my kids are two years apart. And they've got mates with brothers the same age. And they said, oh, could they come down? They love the show. Yeah, of course they can. So they came down with their mum. And it just so happens, it's a complete chance. We had no idea. They were Jim Bowen's grandsons. (laughs) What? So my mum's, my wife's friend, Sue, who's their mum, was Jim Bowen's daughter. And Sue came and she'd been with Jim that day. He'd been down staying with them. And they said, oh, granddad, we're going to go and see Tipping Point because Ben's blah, blah, blah. And he was, this is what she told me afterwards. He was like, now remember, boys, I want you to tell me how many cameras there were look at the lights go into the gallery and he was giving them all the top tips and when Sue came in she said I haven't ever told you this Ben because it's never really come up in conversation but my dad's Jim Bowen so and I went hold up what (laughs) <laughs> what? My dad's Jim Bowen. And like, Why don't you lead with that? When you meet anybody. In the middle of the studio. Just have a t-shirt, mate. I said, hold on, hold on. Say it again. Right, everyone stop, 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 stop. <laughs> I made everyone stop. The lighting crew, the sound crew. Right, everyone. 
this is Jim Bowen's granddaughter and everyone spontaneous round of applause yes. for Jim oh, and I just used to love oh. what he did on yeah. on Bullseye yeah. as, it's very uh, natural isn't he yeah very, just easy just, easy yeah. and, and you know and the way she talks about that and, and he wasn't the first choice for Bullseye as well you know oh, apparently okay. but then that of course became sort of this he, he became Bullseye yeah. didn't it it was the two yeah. of them together with the format with the darts and him as well you couldn't have imagined them uh, sort of not being there and so that sort of warmth and generosity yeah. but and I loved at the same time I can love Anne on Weakest Link and, and that sort of sharpness and brutality and I've done yeah, that's quizzes that's not you though. no, no. I, I that's mean, not Crypto you. Factor was a little bit more like that but but it's not it's not and you understand yeah. that as you go through um, that to be honest I really want them all to win I want them yeah. to go away with as much as possible and I want them to have a fantastic time because I know if they've had a great time the show's probably going to be more sort of viewable and watchable yeah. yes and, and that's that's exciting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and it, it, there is something about it that feels very wholesome is a word that I would use yeah. to describe it, which is nice. Well, like everyone gets everyone gets a Ben Shepherd hug. Oh, the, end. the hugs are free. Famous. The hugs are free. I do get turned down occasionally, though. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. Uh, but the hugs, I, I, and, that, and, and, and that as well, people say you're genuinely excited when they win. I am, really. Uh, like I say, it's not my money that I'm giving away. And, I'm, and, and for lots of these people, so the series we've just filmed, um, we had a guy for, that's actually not going to come out till next year. We had the first ever double chatbot winner. <gasps> guy called Clive yeah. who got the double he got the jackpot counter out and the double counter for yes. the first ever time and it's hilarious when I watched it back because literally I just squealed like a kid <laughs> when it fell out we watched it back and I made them play it back on the studio floor which we can never do and I literally I'm like <laughs> I was so excited and Clive so Clive wanted to uh, take his wife and his grandkids to go and see their family in Australia which they hadn't been able to see and he's booked his tickets and he's on his way Oh, and then we so had lovely. we had Gareth, who was the guy that didn't take the trade in the series that's just on air at the minute. He didn't take it. He had three thousand pounds, and that was enough three and a half thousand pounds. And the double counter fell with the jackpot counter. So had he taken the trade, he would have gone with twenty thousand pounds. And that was the first time it happened. So there was this moment in I've always imagined this as this most triumphant, jubilant moment where the double jackpot goes. Someone's getting twenty thousand pounds, and it was going to be the most exciting thing. And the absolute agony and oh. pain I went through was desperate because yeah. I I didn't know what to say because I've always yeah. imagined it being this this moment of of sheer joy, mm. and it was the absolute opposite. And he was brilliant, to be fair, because he'd come to terms with the fact that I've got three thousand four hundred pounds. That's, that's a life changing amount you know, for some people. That's yeah. that's more than I came with. Yeah, but I was absolutely <laughs> gutted I was on my knee I was just gutted for him uh, when things like that happen yeah. um, and there's moments like that just pepper it all the way through so it doesn't matter how many you've done or what they are there's like these sort of standout moments that, that sort of live with you that make it really really special it's an emotional ride <laughs> it, it is, is. It I is think I might ride. need a Ben Shepherd hug you've not have you done it you've not done it yet no but you know because we had I'm a chaser special eminently yeah available. I wasn't invited yeah, I don't think you were chasing then though were you I was oh crikey that's awkward yeah. <laughs> were you yeah were you really I really was that's it well, we'll yeah. come on together it's next just time. been it's just been my my stars. fourth anniversary has it yeah so you must have been well i'm sorry about that but, but there's only three contestants yeah uh, in the celebrity one which means we keep no, off for two rounds yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe we can do a fingers on buzzers special oh yeah i think it might have to be not amanda. televised <laughs> 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 so, i don't think itv will go for it but we We'd will need a third amanda yeah, yeah. we'll do on. it yeah. now we would not want me on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you wouldn't have to read the question. Ben would read the questions, Amanda. You'd be fine. The good, and the good news is, I mean, this is the point about tipping point. You could actually get to the final without answering a question. Yeah. Yes. Because you can be handed a count in the first couple of rounds and you could get a really great windfall of counters and that can and you can you can go through. That's that sort of that unknown element, the unpredictability yeah. of the machine. If the machine likes you, yeah. who knows? Then you're good. Right. <laughs> uh, lovely. Okay, so we've just uh, basically the reason we got you here, Ben, was to talk our way into yes. uh, doing this show. So uh, I'd that's have you at the fine. job for that. It'd be lovely. Oh uh, well, please do continue. It's been what seven years now? Yes, tw- twenty twelve we started. Yeah. So we did the thousandth episode. We've done one thousand two hundred oh, something. Goodness. And um, it's just it's seemingly people still really really love it. Um, as well, much it's as it's we like the little it. brother of the chase because a lot of people do yeah. pair them up. Yeah, it's, it's a warm up kind of show I think yeah. I think the two of them work in tandem really yeah. really nicely don't they sort of it's that sort of quizzing couple of hours now that slot um, 
and it's 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 pretty sort of powerful stuff from a ratings perspective and for yeah. ITV, yeah. which is really exciting. I've done plenty of shows that I thought were great that never got recommissioned. <laughs> We've just done series ten, so um, you know some tea time sewn up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Which is which is great. Well, here's to many, many more. Yeah. Yes. And uh, thank you so much, the wonderful, the one and only Ben Shepherd. Thank you. Now about this hug. Come on, hug yeah. it. Hug it out. Oh. Hug it out. So that was a final series ending episode of Fingers, Fingers and, and Buzzers. <laughs> and it was a reap bonanza. It was a bonanza. It was what my, my, my great grandma would have called a beefer. Oh, <laughs> what a lovely a beefer. thing. It a was beefer, a beefer. A beefer. Well, to, well, a beefer to her was um, a night out where you had at least a pie, a pint and a fight. Well, I mean... <laughs> You couldn't have anything better than that, there could you? you? And uh, beefy Ben Shepherd, he was on it. Yes. We had uh, beefy, uh, well, <laughs> bovine. No. <laughs> no, no, lovely Bovril. David Smith. He likes Bovril. <laughs> yeah, David Smith. He likes nothing more than he's a Bisto kid. Bisto kid, David Smith. Uh, we had a quiz, a meaty old quiz about yes. Harry Potter, set by Duncan Saunders, uh, and um, we talked about quizzing in the naughty. So I, I have to say, it's been a pleasure as always doing this series with you, Miss Jenny Ryan. And you, Miss Lucy Potter, and Ms. Amanda and Redman. And Ms. Amanda Redman, the power the, behind it all, the, the, beefy, the beefy power. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure is all mine, and hopefully we'll be back still this year, I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for live specials, which are on the cards. Yay! So thank you very much to all of you, the most important people, our gorgeous listeners. Thank you, and goodbye! Bye. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Potter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin MacLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.